Thanks for listening to the Journey Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast engages you, encourages you, and brings you closer to Jesus. Well, good morning, Journey. My name is uh, Keith Walton. I'm the campus pastor at Journey Sherwood, and I would like to welcome you today. Whether you're in the atrium uh, watching this, welcome, or if you're online, also welcome. And then to my Journey family, I I mean my Sherwood family in particular, I know you're used to seeing my face down there. You're still seeing my face. I'm just on the screen. Um, I say hey to you, and I love you, and I'll see you next week. Um, Bobby has given me the audacious test task uh, to share uh, week three of our week's we statements. And I just want to do a quick review. Week one, um, we discussed, we surrendered to God and his word and his life-changing power in our life. We surrender to God's word. We surrender to the Bible. And that's one of our we statements. Another one is uh, we love our neighbor and we welcome them home. Um, Bobby talked about uh, the, great, the great commandment, which is love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, soul, and strength, and then to love your neighbor as yourself. Also, he talked about the great commission as well. Um, and we should love each other enough to share the greatest gift that any of us has ever been given, and that is the love of Jesus Christ. And today we're going to talk about we encourage. We encourage one another to take next steps. Uh, scripture that I'm going to use today, and there'll be a couple that we'll go through. Uh, Ephesians 4:11, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 14, and it says, "And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work." Y'all know who the saints are? That's y'all. Uh, I'm in here somewhere. Uh, evangelist, pro, uh, shepherd, teacher. Um, some of y'all fall in that same category as well. But God's word says that um, you've been given, you've been equipped for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood and to the measure of, of the statue of the fullness of Christ so that we may no, may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. The word encourage comes from the old French word encourager, meaning make strong or harden. When we encourage one another, it is for us to make each other strong. And if there's ever been a time that the body of Christ needs to come together and make each other strong, it's right now. We are divided by everything. We're divided by denominations. We're divided by whether you need to sprinkle or whether you need to be submerged underwater. We are divided by, and I'm not talking about us against the world. I'm talking about the body of Christ. We argue about everything. Everything. And oftentimes in my mind's eye, I think the enemy is sitting over in the corner just laughing at us because he ain't got to do a whole lot of work. We mess things up pretty well on our own. And I'm saying we, myself included. Um, and I think when we encourage each other, we're to make each other strong, to strengthen our heart. We all need encouragement. Every one of us, the body of Christ. So today I'm going to reference the word the body of Christ a lot. I'm not just talking about journey. I'm talking about 
as Christians, the body of believers, all of us, myself included, I'm not just preaching to you. However, if some of the things that I share today, you think I'm talking about you, God is. And so take it however you want it, whether you want to take it as a vitamin or take it as Tylenol, regardless, take it. We all need encouragement. Jonathan encouraged David. Naomi encouraged Ruth. Jethro encouraged Moses. And here at Journey, we want to encourage you to take next steps. Next steps. What in the world does that mean? Anything that brings you or someone else closer to Jesus. Anything that brings you or someone else closer to Jesus. Now, we get caught up in this thing of the fact that I'm, I'm, I'm at church, I'm good, I'm comfortable, you know, it's good enough for me to show up, I'm here. But the definition of next steps is anything that brings you closer to Jesus, so it's an ongoing process. It never stops. So we want to encourage each other We want to strengthen your heart to grow closer to Christ Jesus. And you may say, well, I'm there. I'm as close as I can get. Well, your next step would be to share with somebody else and bring them closer to Christ. So here's the thing about that. You're either you're either bringing someone to Christ or you're pushing them further away. There's no in between. You're either bringing them to the body of Christ or you're pushing them further away. You may say, well, I don't say anything to anybody. You're pushing them further away. There's a movie, a cartoon out, <laughs> Bambi, uh, and one of the characters in Bambi is Thumper. That's the little uh, rabbit. And um, Thumper had a philosophy, or his, his father would teach him these lessons, and whenever he would get in trouble, one of the lessons that his father taught him was, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. How many of y'all have ever heard that? All right. I'm going to remix it a little bit. My mama took that and she put a little spin on it. She would say, if you don't have anything good to say about someone or somebody, don't say anything at all. How many of you ever heard that phrase that way? All right, so I'm not alone. But here's the thing about this particular phrase. If you don't have anything good to say about someone, don't say anything at all. The anything at all. Don't say anything at all. That theology has got the church in a whole bunch of trouble. That theology has got us in the mess we in right now. That theology, I'm good. I'm going to stay in my lane. I ain't going to worry about her. I ain't going to worry about him. I'm going to mind my own business. I'm going to keep to myself. There is nowhere in God's word where you see mind your own business. Now at the same time, you ain't supposed to be this Person's name is a female. I ain't going to say it because I may hurt somebody's feelings in here because that may be your name. It ain't a cuss word. It ain't a bad word. Some of y'all already know the name I'm talking about. Society has dubbed this name. And this particular name is a female's name. She tends to stay in everybody's business. She tends to have a lot of complaints. She tends to argue all the time. She has something to say. It's never good. It's never good, and it's never done right, and she's very animate about you're doing it wrong. And that is, unfortunately, a representation of the body of Christ. Do you know how many people have been pushed away because the the body of Christ is spirit of judgment? If you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. So don't say anything at all. I'm not going to say nothing. 
We're not saying, it's not saying anything. It's like you're co-signing what's wrong. Let me give you an example. You're working in the workplace. They're having this conversation, and the conversation they're having is not edifying to the body of Christ at all. You can be like the female's name that I'm not going to say, and it's not a bad word. You could jump in, and all y'all are going to Hades because you didn't do this, and da-da-da-da, and you become very judgmental. This, this group right here that may not know the Lord are looking at you and saying, hmm, I don't know if I want to join that at all. That ain't how I get down. It's too judgmental. Matter of fact, as she walks away, they tend to say stuff like this. Such a hypocrite. That's what, the body, that's what we're doing to the body of Christ. So that's one way you can go about it. You can jump in and you can tell them what they're all doing wrong or you can not say anything at all and it's like you're co-signing everything that they're saying. Or you'll say this, man, I'm just going to go over here and pray for them. And you go pray for them, and they have no clue that you went and prayed for them. As the body of Christ, we got to do a little bit better. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up. What it does not say, what it, what it does not say, therefore, just encourage the Christians. I mean, you check your Bible. Because I'm checking mine, and that's not what it says. We've been called to be different. We've been called to be light in a dark place. And right now, everybody in here, every adult in here would say, man, society's pretty bad. I would contest to you that we've been here before, that we've been just as bad. In the 70s, when Vietnam War was coming down, we were in a political upheaval. We've been here before. Civil rights movement, we've been here before. Take it back, more biblical terms. Let's go way back Old Testament. The world was so bad. The world was so bad that God said, let me hit the reset button. Sent the rain. Drowned everybody. Let's start all over again. Because this is just awful. Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh, this is just bad. Send the fire. So let's not say it's never been this bad. We ain't Sodom and Gomorrah bad. This, we got to change our perspective. One of the tricks of the enemy, though, would have your perspective to say that there's nothing that we can do to change this. Well, you ain't got to change it. There's a song that says, this is how I fight my battles. And it talks about prayer. It didn't say for you to go fight your battles. I think that's when we get it mixed up. I literally, on the way here, when I got here, had some time to myself. I was like, how many times does the Bible say, Christians, you go fight? You go fight the non-Christians. You go fight them. You go fight your enemies. I know there were exceptions when it was wartime. But specifically speaking, God's word doesn't say fight your enemies. I mean, unless y'all reading a different Bible. It doesn't say fight your enemies. It says to love your enemies. Oh, my goodness. So my word of encouragement, if I was talking to a person with that name, I would say, well, those people over there that you disagree with and you're jumping in on them and you're screaming at them and they're walking away calling you a hypocrite, you probably should change your approach. Let's take a different plan. 
God's word says for you to love your enemies. So how about let's go over there and encourage them. You got to find a different way now. And well, actually, you don't have to find a different way. The Holy Spirit will give you the words to say if you would allow that to happen. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. and He'll make your crooked path straight. The problem is we tend to lean on what we think we should do. Uh, Keith's going to do it his way. Keith's going to do it his way. You're going to do it your way. And that's part of the problem right there because ain't neither one of us doing it God's way. And so there's conflict. There's frustration, there's aggravation. There's a Greek word for encouragement is parakelio, and it means to come alongside. So not only the French version to strengthen, the Greek version that they used during biblical times would have been meaning for when I encourage you, I'm going to come alongside you. A lot of times we get encouraging and compliments, complimenting. We get them confused. They're not the same thing. Just because I compliment you about your shoes or how pretty you look or beautiful you are with that filter that you're using on Instagram. That ain't no, that's a compliment. That's not an encouragement. As the body of Christ, we're supposed to be encouraging each other. I would even, I would even liken to this encouragement. The first, the first uh, verse I read today, and it says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, the building up of the body of Christ. Encouragement is like food for your soul. It makes you feel good. But yet, the body of Christ, we keep it to ourselves. That's like mind-blowing to me. The one day we went to eat uh, lunch as a staff, and uh, Bobby took us to lunch. Uh, actually, he didn't take us to lunch. We just rode lunch with him. And uh, while we're there, uh, there was only two groups in the entire restaurant. It was us, and it was these police officers. And Bobby asked our waitress to get the police officer's bill because he was going to pay for it. It was, about, it was four officers, and so he paid for all their lunch. And you can hear them ask for their check. And the ladies trying to explain to them that the check's been taken care of. And they couldn't understand, wait a minute, who, what, how. And she wouldn't say that it was us, but I mean, ain't nobody else in the restaurant. <laughs> so they stand up, they come over to the table, and um, they are extremely, extremely encouraged by that random act of kindness. And what I want to share with you about about encouragement, there's three things. When you encourage someone, you can see it. On those police officers that day, I can see it. I can see their entire spirit lift. Totally different than what they've been fighting. Not only is my work dangerous for what I'm doing, the majority of people, when I come to see them to do my job, don't want to see me. I mean, it's worse than customer service to walk in that field of work that line of work, so nobody wants to see me coming, all right? And so my, then, I'm, then, then the work that I'm dealing with is so dangerous on top of that. So my spirit has a tendency to be broken. And when Bobby did that random act of kindness to, to pay for their meals, they came over to say thank you, and he was real quick to cut them off. Mm-mm. Don't thank us. Thank you. Thank you for putting your life on the line for us. Thank you for what you do. 
and you can see their chest swell, their heads lift up, the smile on their face. You can literally see encouragement. Now, Bobby could have done what we majority of us usually do. We keep that encouragement to ourselves, don't say anything to him at all. But that's not what the body of Christ is supposed to do. That's not what that scripture says. That scripture says you've been equipped, saints, to build up the body of Christ. You don't build it up by keeping that encouragement to yourself. You build it up by coming alongside. The other thing Bobby did was speak it. So Bobby spoke encouragement to the officers. He told them, thank you. Mm -mm, Don't thank us. Thank you. And then the third thing was there was an action performed. All right, so when you encourage someone, you do it. There's something tangible that you're about to do. Many of us, unfortunately, take church, and we only use it as a noun. It is a place, but it should be a verb. Action should be performed, not just in these walls right here, but even outside the walls. Just because you leave here, you don't leave church. You're the body of Christ. Church is wherever you at. And we get that confused. It should be this unbelievable, beautiful cycle as we encourage, as we come alongside one another, as we pour into each other and encourage each other to take next steps, take next steps, to move out of the place where you're comfortable right now and do something more, to take a step up, to get closer to your heavenly father in your walk with Jesus. So I I liken it to this. You can take a sponge and you can fill it up with water. That sponge is going to do its job. It's going to soak up that water. However, if you take that sponge, you fill it up with water and you just sit it there and you don't do anything with it. Over time, that sponge is going to become stank. That's, it's just a fact. It's going to have this smell to it. If you touch it with your hands, it's on your finger. If, if you smell it, what is that scent? That, that dank, musty smell. And the sponge was clean. You never really used it. All you did was fill it up with water. And over a period of time, if you wait a little bit longer, it'll dry out. That sponge will dry out. And if you wait a little bit longer, it'll become brittle. So that when you do try to fill it up with water again and use it, it breaks apart in your hand. It becomes utterly useless because you only did one part of the sponge. You filled it up, but you didn't wring it out. Some of us are like that sponge. I ain't saying you stank. (laughs) But we may not be giving off the most heavenly fragrance. Because we don't take no steps. I'm comfortable. I'm good. Mother Goose uh, nursery rhyme, good, better, best, never rest until good becomes better and better becomes best. It's so elementary a child can understand it. Good, better, best, never rest until good becomes better and better becomes best. We need to apply that to our church life. We need to apply it not just our church life, our faith walk. I'm not good where I am. Matter of fact, Jesus, I want more of you. I want more of you. So I'm willing to take another step. I hadn't been baptized, so I'm willing to take another step. I hadn't joined the J group, so I'm willing to take another step. I hadn't really gotten in your word, so I'm willing to take another step. 
Good, better, best never rest until good becomes better and better becomes best. You got to take another step. We've got to encourage one another. I want to share um, James 1 verse 22 said, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving ourselves. We deceive ourselves when we think you can just fill me up like a sponge and I can just sit here and God, your will's going to be done because I showed up for church and I was filled up. And I just stopped right there. I become a sponge and it's comfortable being this sponge. Oh, my goodness. Oh, it's comfortable just sitting. And and I think the, the correct word would be you will become a consumer at church. You take, you take, we take, we take, we take. And that's fine because you're being equipped. But if you never use the equipment that you've been given, man, that's God's word right here. The last word says, the phrase says, you're deceiving yourselves. This isn't me saying this. This is God's word. Good, better, best never rest until good becomes better and better becomes best. Take another step. So there's a, there's a passage, one of my favorite passages in Acts 3, verses 1 through 10. And it says, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg for those going into the temple court, courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked him for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Uh, expecting to get something. That's huge. I ain't got no time to break that down. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to be, used to sit at the at the who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. So, a little backstory about this. This man was uh, born with this condition where he had no, no bones or muscle tendons in his ankles at all. So he could not stand. From birth, he has never stood ever. And people would take him to the gate called Beautiful. It would be the entrance into the temple. And they would sit him outside the gate called Beautiful where he would beg. Now, the temple, we can call it church. All right, so he had these people, his friends, I guess they loved him. And they took him to church and they set him outside the front of the church so he can beg while they went into the church, got that good word, came back out eventually. You know, they do this every day, every day. So Peter and John come by and they see him. And here's what I want you to notice. They did not read a scripture verse to him. Nowhere in there does it say that they prayed for him. They didn't have praise and worship time with him. At all. They did not judge him at all. They never got the backstory about why you can't stand up. They encouraged him, though. They came alongside and they strengthened not just his heart, but it also strengthened his ankles and a miracle happened. Miracles happen when the body of Christ encouraged one another. That's what we're called to do. 
Now, there's another group of people. So there's Peter and John, there's the lame man, and then there's the group of people that walk by him every day going to church. They're going to get that word. They're going to, to pray. They're going to do praise and worship. They're probably nice, good people. But none of them took time to encourage this man. Some of them, pretty sure, flicked them a coin here and there, gave them some alms. But nobody encouraged this man. We have to be different. We're called to be different. God's word says we're set apart. There's a, there's a verse in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. It says, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more you see the day drawing near. We are called throughout scripture. It tells us that we're to encourage one another as we're building the body of Christ or God's using us to build the church. It happens through us encouraging I'm going to share this quick story with you, and I'll be out your way. So growing up, um, one of the things I enjoyed doing was fishing. Uh, really, doesn't, I don't have no time to do it right now, um, but, you know, we did not have all the luxury items of all these great reels, so it was more like, more like hook fin fishing, where either we made the fishing pole with a cork, like true cork, a hook, or straight cane pole. And um, so my friend comes and asks me if I want to go fishing. It was in the summertime. I'm always down for it. So I'm like, yeah. I said, let me get something to eat first because we plan to be out here all day. So I look in the pantry. Ain't a whole lot in there. Got me some saltines. Got a can of Vienna sausages. I'm good. Pack my bag. Ride my bike. Old man Johnson's property. Get off the bike. Set our spot up. Put me a piece of white bread on my hook. Toss my little pole out there, and we sit. We do what men do when we sit at the, just sit. It's hot. I'm hungry. Pop open me some saltines, share with my friend, because I'm a good Christian young man. So we eat these saltine crackers. Pop that can of Vienna sausages, pull off that liquid, which I don't even know what that is. <laughs> pull off that liquid. Eating those vina sausages, eating them crackers. And what I'm about to share with you, the only picture I can give you of what's going on right now would be a Little Rascals uh, episode where they're doing the show and they put the hot lamp on the frog and he eating them saltine crackers. My mouth is filled like it, when I'm done with the crackers and the vinas, vinas, like I have been eating dirt. There's no, I'm not even making spit anymore. And so I'm, I'm, I'm lip smacking, I'm, 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 I'm thirsty. <sighs> Man, I asked my friend, you know what? In my haste, my vocabulary was pretty good back then. I said the word haste. In my haste, uh, I forgot to get some water. Did you get some water, man? I'll waterfall it. No, I ain't bring no water either. I'm like, doggone it. All right, man, the fish were popping pretty good. I don't want to leave. Old man Johnson got one of them little house on the prairie pumps in his backyard. And I've seen him pump fresh water out of it before. Let's go get some water out of that. Bet. Let's go do. Let's go do it. So my friend, he grabs that little handle and he gets to pumping. <laughs> Let's try it again. He tries it again. Nothing. Man, it must be broke. I know it's not broke. I've seen old man Johnson get this water out here. Move. You'll know what you're doing. It's a double-handed action. You got to action. Drop that. 
nothing's coming out. Now I'm working hard. Oh, I am working and I know it works. And I'm putting forth great effort, but nothing's coming out. And I'm pumping, pumping. I look up in the window and I see old man Johnson just laughing at us. <laughs> he eventually comes outside. He says, what y'all doing? I was like, you know, we thirsty. Um, Want to get some drink? He said, well, you could have come to the house. I, I, okay. But I seen you get water out of here. And he was like, yeah. He said, and then my friend goes, well, we didn't break it because it ain't working. He's like, no, it works. He asked, did you prime the pump? I'm like, prime the pump? He was like, yeah, did you prime the pump? And he goes, you got to put something in it to get something out of it. He goes down, takes my empty can of buying the sausages. He rinses out a little bit, don't want none of that juice to get in there. And uh, fills it up, opens the top, pours a little bit of water in, shuts it. It wasn't even a lot of water. And he went, kick, and fresh water comes out. Say, Pastor Keith, why would you share that story with us today? You got to put something in the body of Christ to get something out. Later for just sitting here, our world needs us with as much division that has been caused by the enemy. You got division because the color of your skin. You got division because you too tall or you too short. You got division based on the type of shoes you wear. You got division based on the fact that you will wear a mask or won't wear a mask. The enemy will use anything. And he's over in the corner just laughing at us. Just laughing at us. Look at them. I ain't got to do nothing. They're going to tear all this up themselves. Them Christians. Mm -mm. That was them. We're going to be a little bit different. So as for this house, I want to challenge you. If you have heard anything today and you're taking this personal inventory and you say, well, you know what? I have been like that sponge. I've just been coming up here just soaking up this stuff. I can do a little bit more. And that little bit more can be something just as simple as volunteering. Or that may be too far out your comfort zone. That little bit more could be you committing to pray. That prayer work, prayer life is something, you know, we say we pray, but then, you know, we don't actually do it. Or I'm just telling on myself. And I, I, I would share this with Bobby. I said, you I had to really practice not saying to someone, I'm going to pray for you. And then just what I should say is I'm thinking about you. Because what I wasn't doing was being honest enough to go and pray for them. So I stopped doing that and just I would ask them right then and there if I can pray for you. That was a step for me. It was uncomfortable at first, but the body of Christ needs that encouragement. You can serve on second Saturday here. You can serve on second Wednesday at the Sherwood campus. Man, your next step could be texting someone and inviting them to church. Maybe, now this is a tough one. Maybe your next step is to forgive someone. Mm. Now that's a, that's a hard one because God's got to work on your spirit to do that one. Or maybe you need to forgive someone or ask for forgiveness. Maybe you're like the lame man and you just cannot stand up to have the conversation to take next step. That's when you need to lean on the body of Christ and let us come alongside you. Now think about the battle of Jericho. Yes, we know they marched around the walls and they shouted and the, wall came, the walls came down. 
They literally took a step and another step and another step and another step. So if we want these walls to come down that are dividing us, the body of Christ has got to get busy with work. Take the next step. Join a J group. Share the gospel. Or just speaking an encouraging word to somebody. It ain't that hard. I'm tired of the enemy looking at us just laughing because we're messing this up. Prime the pump. Put something in it to get something out of it. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for uh, my church family. Lord, I thank you for uh, allowing me to share the word that you gave uh, to us today. I ask right now, Lord, that you stir up the gift in every individual that can hear my voice. Stir up the gift for what I can do or they can do. Lord, we ain't got to do everything. We just got to do something. T-H-A-N-G. Lord, we love you this day. Thank you for sending your son Jesus down the cross for our sins. In his name we pray. Amen. God bless y'all. Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or help taking your next step, email our team at nextsteps at journeycommunity.net.